Hello? Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Hello, good people of the basketball universe. This is Freddie Revis from the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> We're not like the thing that we are doing right now. That's great. Yeah, I, I'm super good at this. I get giddy right away. Um, I think it's because I said basketball world and then yeah. I felt like I was this, this big, like giant Prometheus style style guy, like yelling down at all the basketball fans. Uh, <laughs> listen, thanks for tuning into this podcast. We are a hardcore Raptors fan podcast, uh, but we also cover the NBA and we know a lot. So <laughs> there's that, you know, very I mean? knowledgeable just, people. Yeah, we, we, we get in there. Uh, we have mostly comedians, but sometimes analysts. Uh, who are you there, producer, sir? Why don't you, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Uh, I'm the producer, Matty D. What's going on? Hey, you're recovering from <laughs> a sickness. Is that true? I had the flu. Yes. Uh, sorry, I haven't gotten a flu shot yet, but I did get the flu, so that's good. And uh, I got it on my way back from Las Vegas, which was even better on a red-eye flight. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been a heck of a week recovering, but, uh, Hopefully I've got it out of my system now and I can just have a healthy winter. Okay. Okay. Um, well, before we get to telling everyone, you know, where to find us and how to listen to the pod and how to support and everything. Yeah. I think I, I don't know if you listened to it, but, um, I might have to follow through on a little bit of a call out here, Matt. Yeah. I actually, I know exactly what you're going to ask me. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. I listened to it. The music you use, <laughs> uh, I want to know. Yeah. Did we do it first or did Conan O'Brien do it first? Okay, so I think we did it first. Now, the funny thing about that music that, uh, sorry for, for the guests. Uh, Sam- Samson. Yeah, so the, the, the first track that we always I always play with one of my stings, the... Uh... Oh, we yeah. know it. You know that one? You know that oh, yeah. one? Okay, yeah. So that's like a that that is an an iMovie <laughs> uh track that's free. Okay. So shame on Conan, first of all, for not spending a little money on mm-hmm. like something, you know, that you could give somebody royalties for. Like, come on, you've got money, you've got a budget. Um so yeah, I've been doing that since day one, and I think it does I, I definitely didn't get it from that show that he does. But okay. The, so yeah. listeners if you have any issues, you want you you want to write Conan, yeah, and you want to bring it up with Team Coco, yeah, bring it up with Team Coco. He's uh, they're they're looking to save money, I guess. You know that's fine. You have to save money somewhere, so why not use an iMovie uh, music track? So Matt, uh, if it's cold, you know what what it, what's what's a, a basketball <laughs> fan to do um, with their head with their cold head? You have well, any ideas? Um, I mean, like there's, there's different ways you can warm it. I know one way you could warm it and that's with our Confederacy of Dunks basketball podcast toques. That's right. You know what? 20 they, bucks a pop. 20 they're bucks. on sale. They, they, they don't hit your head. Or... They, they're very comfortable. You can sleep in them. Uh, boy, like what else can you do with them, Fred? Oh, 
You, you can shoot those basketballs through a hoop. Uh, I mean, those, you can pick up a toque and you can throw it through a basketball hoop. And if there's no mesh, you know, that's going to fall right back down. You pick yeah. it back up. Yeah, we didn't I thought that a... we're explaining what we can use hats for to the audience. Right. It's like yeah. hard-hitting analysis here. We we should we should get to it, but but again, people people need to know. Yeah, uh, we, we have a Patreon. You got now. a Patreon page. Um, please help us out. There's uh four tiers, you know, so whatever level you want to engage. Uh, my hot sauce is on the line. That's right. There's a a bunch of different fun rewards and stuff. So, you know, have a look. That's on the website. And yeah. where where can people listen to us? So Matt, where where can they subscribe? All that. I mean, it's always easiest if you listen on your favorite podcatcher, whether that be iTunes or Stitcher or a Player FM or Spotify. Uh, or even on YouTube if you like to listen there. So you can listen at dunkspodcast.com as well. If you're old school and you want to have a little looky-loo at our website. Okay, never say looky-loo. <laughs> never say looky-loo ever again. Okay. But I like that he said it with such disdain and anger. You know? <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> you're you're kind of mad at yourself, I think, for saying looky loo. Yeah. A okay. Bit. Let's let's get talking basketball because a million things are going on, and uh, yeah. it's one of those episodes where it was it was too easy to pick the topics because uh, yeah, it's just the NBA is uh, it's ten games in and it's absolutely popping. Um, let's bring on guest number one here. Uh, she is a very very frequent guest of the podcast. She's hilarious. Uh, she's a great writer. She's a great stand-up. She's a good friend, you know. Uh, and she she loves Nick Nurse, and she you know has usually <laughs> some ideas for some marketing uh, for Nick Nurse. So we'll see if she's got any new ones, but uh, maybe not. Give it up at home for Catherine Niker. Hello, Catherine. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me once again. I love uh, being referred to as frequent. Yes. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a job title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'll see Catherine uh, frequently um, <laughs> tweeting Nick Nurse jokes. <laughs> Sadly, yes, that's 100% true. <laughs> but nurse, nurse is like, you know, he's just starting to build up his cult following. So I think you're, you're in at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for everyone to be on board as long as they know uh, I was first. <laughs> I think true. you were. Yeah, yeah, we can we can stand witness to that. Yeah, yeah we we can say <laughs> thanks, Matt. <laughs> I love how you said that was such a somber, like you know, uh, like yeah. like a, a somber kind of like com committed tone. So so thank you, <laughs> Matt's like we know we know. <laughs> okay, let's let's bring on guest number two. Uh, this dude is amazing. Um, we we have, uh, you know, sometimes minor disagreements, sometimes major disagreements uh, in regards to basketball. Mostly sometimes, about politics. Yeah, I hate America. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, he just blanket hates America, like even the cool stuff. So I hate yeah. the left and the right. <laughs> uh, okay, but th this guy is is absolutely one of the funniest people in the city of Toronto. He's an excellent improviser. And he's got a hell of a basketball opinion. Um, see all of the shows he produces. See all of the shows that he does. Uh, I'm sure he'll plug what's what he's up to uh, at the end of the show. I'm I'm actually doing one of his amazing th uh, shows he puts on. Uh, I think I believe it's twice a year. 
But uh, once um, or twice a year, depending on uh, if I feel like it. Kind of, it takes a lot of work. Okay. So he, he does stuff when he feels like it. <laughs> he's a he's a rude, cool dude. Uh, give it up at home for Matt McCready. Yeah, feeling a little rude and a little crude. Cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, sound was popping in and out, so usually I do like a little song, but I was feeling uh, not very confident. In it, so. Fair, yeah. The the sound, the music sometimes pops in and out for me, so I just try and like ride it and pretend I know where it's going to be and act <laughs> cool about it. That's why you're the best, man. Hey. I'm so uh, happy Matt. to be here. Thanks. Yeah, and and for listeners, uh, I'm gonna call I'm gonna call this Matt McCready uh, for yeah. for ease of understanding what's going on. Yep, it's the bane of having Matt as a name. It's one of the most popular names. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, uh, I can't say that's the same with Freddie, although there are some Freddies out there, namely um, one of the coolest players of all time on our team. So, I mean, and that's I all right. One of the least cool players in NBA history, Matt Thomas. That's mine. <laughs> okay, but this, okay, we'll talk some Matt Thomas today because he's fun. I'm having a good time with Matt Thomas. But, uh, but McCready, uh, Catherine, are you, are you ready to uh, talk some Raptors ball? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, Maddie, give me that Raptor sting. What? <laughs> I finally okay. broke. I made a sting I love from a side. about that. <laughs> All right, if you're still listening, that means... I feel like OG Ananobi's eye after that. Yeah. Yeah, if there's a track title there, it's called Brain Sludge. <laughs> like, I felt like my, my brain was just oozing out of my ear. Is that, Matt, what's going on there? Is there like an ex- extended tugboat sound? Yeah, well, I, I, I amped up the tugboat sound, but I also, you know, because we have the paging Bobby Webster one, I thought it'd be fun to fax Maasai. So okay. there you go. And I just, yeah, we really, really laid on the horn there. Okay. I'm going to keep upping well, that horn. I'm not exactly sure what to say. Uh, I like anyone who approaches sound design as, I'm going to double down on the stupidest things I can think of. It's great. Yeah, we're definitely, for the Sonic fans of our podcast, (laughs) Matt always delivers. Okay, let's start uh, start talking some Raptors ball. Um, Who wants to go first? Uh, How about Catherine? Hello. Hello, hello. (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, I felt like uh, a good place to start for for this – for this kind of like fun time of the year, the Raptors are 10 games in seven and three. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you for sure know that in the last four days uh, or five days, rather uh, we've had uh, Kyle Lowry break his thumb. We've had Serge Ibaka, Serge Ibaka severely sprain his ankle and we've had OG, OG's eye get scraped or poked or both. And uh, it's opened up a lot of minutes. You know, this is something that hasn't been the case for the Raptors, you know, maybe in Masai's entire tenure. But, you know, generally it's a fight for 
10 minutes here, eight minutes there, that sort of thing. Rarely do, you know, the floodgates just open uh, as far as minutes and opportunity. Uh, and, and there's been tons of good play from our young guys and, and recently signed vets. So with all that preamble, Catherine, who's making the most uh, of their opportunity? Uh, I'm going to give you three options. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Chris Boucher, or Terrence Davis? Um, well, I think they're all really utilizing the opportunity uh, pretty well. But, I mean, come on. We got to go with Chris Boucher here. Like, he had some breakout moments when he really, like, needed them. You know what I mean? Because, like, he was getting minutes and games here and there, and we weren't seeing, like, a ton from him. And it was kind of like, oh, like, what does Chris Boucher really have? And then against the Lakers and then the Clippers, like, he really brought it. And I think out of all the other bench players, he's the one that, like, really needed to, you know? Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair answer. You know, he's been with the Raptors, uh, you know, out of those guys, like, like, I think triple the amount of time. Um, and I think he definitely has that, you know, he had that kind of, I don't want to say a stink on him, but it's kind of that thing where where you're really good in the G League, but people don't quite see how you'll fit in the big league. You know, he, he was the MVP last year of the G League and the Defensive Player of the Year. So clearly he's super talented. Um, and I think, you know, maybe, I, I mean, I'll, say, I'll speak for myself. The concern I had was that, you know, if you give this guy 25 minutes, 30 minutes, um, you know, among lesser talent, he can kind of just create havoc. But if you're asking him to play against, you know, NBA quality guys and he has to do something specific, he can't really, you know, do anything on a reliable basis. But I think he probably overheard that and then blocked LeBron <laughs> twice, you know, blocked AD, dunked on Dwight, hit some threes, like lockdown Montrez Harrell. It's, you know, it's been pretty absurd. I think this is, I, I, I think, you know, we're going to need some time here, but Boucher has absolutely exploded. Um, McCready, I'll jump to you. Is, is, is Boucher also the answer for you? Oh, yeah, Boucher is the answer for sure. I, I really liked what I saw out of Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson, but I also think that his offensive limitations would make him easy to, to uh, scheme for once teams realize, oh, they're actually going to play this guy, right. uh, you know. Uh, whereas Boucher, I think Boucher is clearly like a power forward at this point, at least at the NBA level. There's not like his biggest problem is that he could get posted up easy. There's not too many teams that have like reserve power forwards that are going to crush Boucher in the in the post. Yeah, uh, and I think he can kind of like his baseline skill for most things, including like putting on the floor, uh, speed. Uh, deflections. I think he fits into Nurse's scheme of just having five guys who can switch and create havoc like so well. Um, yeah, I think Boucher rocks. Uh, yeah, and Terrence Davis is doing great, but you know he's just. Uh, I don't think he's at the level of the other two at this point, at least in terms of uh, uh, being able to run the office. I think he's more of a two guard than a point, to be honest. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I was kind of like I. I, th I thought it. I, I guess the answer is Boucher. And it's kind of, you know, he's he's that much better than the other two. For me, I, I was kind of thinking along the lines of um, opportunity. Stanley Johnson? Yeah, it's got to be Stanley. No, no, I was I, I was actually kind of thinking Rondé Hollis-Jefferson because with Nurse calling him and Stanley out, you know, so viciously, 
you know, at, at this point in his career, he seemed like he was like drifting into make or break territory. And, and, and similar, similarly, Stanley Johnson seems like he's that type of guy where it's kind of like, if he doesn't prove himself this year, he might no longer be in the NBA. But I guess well, he has yeah. a player option for next year, so he's here next year, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, he's here next year. But but yeah, I think I think you know what I mean in terms of like yeah. some guys are you know even if you look at a mellow, people just they know he has skill, but they don't really see how they can integrate him into their team. Mm-hmm. So you know they just don't care. So they're, they're like, yeah, you you can't do what I need you to do. So you're out of here. And and I think Rondé. Like he treated that Laker game and he treated this Clipper game like it was his last opportunity in life. Totally. He was playing like a summer league player, you know? It was, yeah. He was fighting. And I also feel like a, another point I, I kind of wanted to make was, and, and you already jumped on it, uh, McCready, is that Boucher, what's so exciting to me is that he kind of proved to me that, yeah, he is a power forward. And, you know, maybe he can't exist as a center, but he was playing in lineups with Pascal and Gasol and they looked fantastic mm-hmm. and and also like I think with, with that amount of length I think that's why the defense was so amazing and then you have a guy like Rondé who maybe even though he's smaller is kind of like a backup center totally. because he's shooting so so bad so maybe you know in this world of positionless basketball maybe let's just like take like not worry about their height so much for a second and just kind of think of Rondé as our backup center and Boucher as our backup four um, Catherine, how's, how's all this sitting with you? Uh, yeah, I just want to, I guess, add that I think maybe with Boucher, like it helped having a more like defined role within the team, as opposed to just kind of being this filler guy here and there. Like, I think that probably helped him a lot too. Like I remember I watched a bit of his, uh, post game presser and like, he really like thanked like the coaches and everybody for like believing in him and giving him a chance. And like, maybe he just like needed more time, you know? Yeah, no, I think I think that's exactly it. I think that's true for so many players mm-hmm. that all they need is you know a little bit more time to breathe and create. And I, I was talking with my uh, my little brother uh, Thomas today just about basketball because that's basically my family life. Um, <laughs> and we were just saying, you know, this farm team Messiah has built is really really special. Like we, you know, we've seen the Spurs do it for years, where they kind of groom these fringe players, so these you know Patty Mills and and Danny Green and, and and you know they raise these guys into these like just incredible role players. But Messiah Messiah has not only done that, but he's also created you know a superstar in Siakam, and and a guy like Fred who, you know. Every, for like, like I, again, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, but I feel like with Fred, more than OG or Pascal, every couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, I feel like I understand his ceiling. And then he just comes out and, and you know, puts on like Steph Curry-like performances or just, you know, is, is like seventh in the league in assists. And he just does things that you don't think he can do. Um, but anyways, I just wanted to make that kind of side point about this this Raptors farm team just being such a special productive thing that we have yeah you know who i wish that oh sorry go ahead oh no i was just gonna say like when you think about that like bench mob a few years ago like most of those guys start now yeah like you when you think about that kind of growth it's like oh it wasn't just about building up bench guys it's like it's about building all stars and like who else in the league is doing that you know 
Yeah, I know. I know. You know, Utah generally uses their farm system pretty well, but Spurs. Yeah, Spurs. Spurs would be the uh, like Derek White's a good example of that. You know. Oh, yeah, like Derek White, Bertans, I think, and I wish the Raptors still had Jordan Lloyd. Like, man, could we use Jordan Lloyd right now? You know, like a backup point. What about yeah. Bruno? I wish we still had Bruno. <laughs> no, I think I think that was fine that Masai let him go. Um, <laughs> he he had a good little stretch at the end of last year, you know, Bruno mania. He's he's all right. He's doing fine. You know, he, I think he proved that he's an NBA player. He's, you know, he's doing okay in Memphis. And mm-hmm. again, he, he's still like 19. So, I mean, <laughs> I think Perpetually he's, 19. He's got time. You know? 19. Uh, okay. Um, let's, let's kind of jump over to, actually, wait a second. Before we move on from this, let's all just kind of, you know, enjoy, because my, my next thing, I, I want to talk about Nick Nurse a little bit, but. The, this back-to-back Lakers, Clippers, you know, 905 versus the the contenders of the league and just like destroying one and basically embarrassing the other, you know, with like, again, like we watched Kawhi play all year last year. He had nine turnovers against us. Mm-hmm. And we're talking like Rondé, Boucher. Terrence Davis, you know, we're talking basically our, our Raptors 905 squad. So this is just, I think, anyone who doubted the Raptors, I think, is is going to come around real quick. But Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, if Van Vliet keeps playing 45 minutes a game, he's going to be out in like four days probably. You know? It's true. Like, um, yeah. I'm worried. <laughs> They're definitely, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm going to go there because uh, – yeah, actually, well, let's let's go to Nick Nurse after because I feel like that's that's kind of a, a good lead-in. But um, yeah, McCready, um, you know, with these three injuries, do you feel like these two LA games are are kind of adrenaline, and do you think that adrenaline's going to wear off? You know, like I was thinking about it today. You know, like when you uh, you know when you have a really busy week coming up and you like gear yourself up. It's not necessarily all bad stuff. There's good enjoyment in the week, but like you're having like a really crazy week. Like say if you're like gearing up to get married or something and you have like the first two days, you like wake up in the morning and you're attacking the day and you're like into it. But eventually a crash is going to come at some point, you know, where you're just like, I need a couple hours to kind of stare at a wall for a minute, you know? And I'm worried that that might come with the team a little bit if they're playing at the hectic schedule that they are. Like Van Vliet, I think, might be leading the league in minutes at this point. If he's if he's not, he's close to up there. And that guy has to play so hard in order to compete at the NBA level based on his size and uh, general athleticism. And we saw it at the end of the Clippers game. Like he had nothing left in the tank in the fourth quarter. He he played 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm cons- and after a certain while, like you saw it with Norm towards the end of the game where he was playing a lot and really hard too, that's mm-hmm. when you can really get injured as well because your legs are feeling a little loose and things can kind of tweak in a way that you're not necessarily going to, that's not necessarily going to happen when your body is a little bit more fresh. So anyways, yeah. I think, I think it could happen. I'm just worried that the amount of minutes that they're playing, I don't, that's obviously not sustainable. Right. And I think, you know, as, as Raptors fans, we've been kind of blessed with very good health uh, these past couple of years. And, you know, we haven't had to deal with compounding injury. Like yeah. What's so tough about when, when a guy like Lowry and Ibaka go out is that they're both eating up so many minutes. 
that it kind of puts way more pressure on everyone else. And then all of those people are more likely to get injured. And then yeah. also, you know, freak accidents happen. All three of these injuries are pretty fluky. Yeah. You got a sprained ankle. You got Lowry trying to swat at a ball and breaking his thumb. And then you have the claw scratching, you know, basically <laughs> like like his his son's eye. Um, also, uh, Pat McCaw's out too. Pat yeah. McCaw, right? He has, he's, he had, he's having like arth, uh, arthroscopic surgery, right, Catherine? Yeah. Or no? yeah. So uh, how are you feeling, Catherine? Is this kind of like, do you feel like the Raptors are running on adrenaline? I guess, l oh, let me I ask mean, that I felt first. Like we, or is this real? I, I mean, uh, McCready kind of touched on it, but like we, we crashed at the end of that fourth quarter. Like we would have won that game if we had anything left. You know, like we could, like we were right there, like with less than two minutes and mm -hmm. we just had nothing left. And like, you could tell like shots were being missed because they were just like, they were like a little short and like, they were just, they were tired. They just, they're already tired. Yeah. As someone who's like pretty much out of shape at all moments, I recognized myself <laughs> in a lot of that fourth quarter of just like <laughs> short mid-range jumpers that are just going off the front of the rim. Yeah. That, that I, I see where that comes from. Yeah, oh, and, and like not to uh, uh, throw any. I don't mean this as like me throwing shade per se, but <laughs> I feel like like Marcus Saul has looked tired <laughs> since the season started, so that really doesn't help. And I think like I don't necessarily think Marcus Saul needs to like change his game, but if he had uh, more energy in his legs and if he was like a real threat from three that would really help space out the floor and would give us like so many more options because like teams are just leaving him wide open they're like daring him to take it and he can make them he just has to get into like a brooke lopez mindset of yeah. if i'm open from three i'm letting it go yeah like he needs to have a higher like he doesn't need to take more threes but he needs a higher shooting percentage from three like we really need that from him yeah, I think like so. I'm just looking at it now. So shooting 38% from three on the year, which is you know above league average, but I think for me it's about he's got to shoot threes more, way more often. Like you know m maybe he'll never become like a splash mountain Brook Lopez guy. And I think that again, you know, I'm I, I, anyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm a, I'm a pretty big Gasol stan. And I think that stuff like when he gets the ball at the top and swings it. And then there's another pass and he doesn't get the Gretzky assists. Those are things that are like, he just doesn't care about those kind of stats and that's okay. I'm but glad think, he doesn't care about stats because if he saw his stat line right now, he would be suicidal <laughs> if he did. Oh yeah. No, but he's, he's, he's looking at the seven and three. And anyone who knows Gasol knows he's looking at the seven and three. He knows he's the vet on the team. He's coaching these guys up. He's doing the push ahead pass that Lowry does. Um, he's kind of doing those, in-game things where you're not going to get a stat for making a guy dribble it off his foot and out of bounds and then you get the team back or you get the uh, ball back but totally. I, think I, I agree though but this team is so low on finishes though that he like i'm with you freddie and that he when the opportunity if he's open he has to take it and i actually i mean i've been saying this a bunch but i think not just at the three-point line i mean I, I don't I, I didn't I guess watch he's shooting all... 32 percent from two this year so that's that's abysmal so <laughs> I think yes. and yeah. it's not, it's, and it's with not so many just... injuries like we really need him to score yeah, yeah I mean I I, I kind of thought that we would get some version of maybe 
you know, a mix of what he was in the playoffs and then what he was, you know, for Memphis last year, averaging like 23 points a game or whatever it was. Um, uh, 15. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Is that, is that his whole year average or for just uh, that Memphis, was, last uh, Memphis last year? It was uh, 15 points. And then um, in Toronto, it was nine. And this year it's 6.5. Right. Yeah. Like we need Gasol to average at least like 10 points a game, which I, I think is realistic. See, yep. I actually don't. And I don't think that people, I don't think we should want that because I think he's 34 years old and he's kind of a defensive specialist. But even with all these point. injuries, like, like well, with the state I, of things right now, I think it would be awesome. But I think that in reality, he doesn't really, it's like, he's not really give them, give him the ball and let's score type of guy anymore. And no. I think that if he was, maybe he would show some glimpses of that, but wouldn't even, you know, you can kind of tell when he decides, okay, I'm going to try and score. And it looks fairly heinous. Um, yeah. When he decides I'm going to try and score, it's usually a pretty bad turnover or, or it's an uncharacteristic play. It's, you know, I think what's his value on the team right now is kind of like this, like on the floor coach guy. But, you know, I think just to your point to, to you know, to Gasol in general and like him being a, you know, as Zach Lowe says, a persnickety guy that kind of like demands the game be played in a certain way. It's like, that's all well and good, but you know, a bucket's a bucket's a bucket. And there's just times where we're hurting and we need yeah, we need him to shoot more, I think, is probably the biggest thing. And maybe never do his fadeaway thing again. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think his value kind of is at this point? Because I feel like he's kind of like Boucher in that he's kind of like the opposite of Boucher in a way. Because Boucher does a lot of things badly that are really noticeable and coaches hate. Like he'll take ridiculous shots or he'll just get destroyed by muscle in the point. Whereas, or in the paint, sorry. Whereas, like, Gasol, the things that he doesn't do are kind of, like, like I don't know, just less frowned upon. Like, he never will get a loose ball. He'll never, like, crash the offensive glass and get something. Mm -hmm. uh, he'll never, like, push in transition. Like, he'll throw, he'll throw outlet passes, but he'll never run in transition, right? So I'm just wondering, like, right. those are pretty decent negatives for a team that can play with, the off like, the athletic – mania that this team can play so i'm just wondering like what is boucher's value like is he where is he like uh, on the scale of like centers in the nba is he like in the 40s in terms of value yeah i mean like you know these two games aside in my mind he was like i would say his value was like a 0 0.5 out of 10 <laughs> um you know uh, but then with these two games he's kind of like hold on a second, maybe I'm an 8 out of, out of 10. Mm. So I think we kind of need to see more from Boucher. And, you know, it, he's kind of doing it all. He's hitting threes. He's, he's a help. He's, you know, he's blocking as a help defender. I think what's known about him is that he's fairly weak. He's not a good rebounder. And he's generally he's been not a some good... pretty decent boards in these games, though, recently. Totally. And, and I think that... Uh, I mean, that that was the book on him. That, you know, it doesn't mean he can't change that because he's sure. – how old is he? I think I, I think he's, he's like 25 or 26. He's older than you think. Yeah, he, he's one of those guys who oh, is really? older than you think. Yeah, yeah. he's um, 1993. What's that? What's Yeah, that's uh, – That's 26. 26. 
Yeah. Oh, I feel. So I mean, you know, that's not old or anything like that, but it's funny thinking about him and Gasol as being kind of like these opposites. Like he is, he's kind of like the speed that Gasol like. He, like he runs as fast as Gasol thinks, if that makes <laughs> sense. And and the opposite is true as well. I think. With Does uh, Gasol run as fast as Joey Graham thinks? Gasol runs as fast as I think. Like who's the who's the Doctor Manhattan guy who you know in the in the movie Watchmen? He goes to that planet and just kind of like sits there calmly and devises a plan. And you know he's he's kind of comfortable at the end of the Earth, but he's just he's just hanging out on a cloud. That's yeah. what Gasol does. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's do this last kind of raptor thing and. Um, Let's just give some praise to Nick Nurse. So I, I feel like I have a lot of nice things to say about Nick Nurse, but Catherine, you are the Nick Nurse expert and and chief kind of like fan. So I'll, I'll throw it to you first. <laughs> I always have nice things to say about Nick Nurse. Uh, well, I don't have to go first. I'm kind of curious uh, uh, what you guys are going to say. McCready, do you got anything uh, nice to say about Nick Nurse? I have tons of nice things to say about Nick Nurse. Like, putting aside my worries that he's kind of driving the players into the ground, I think he goes to the zone at the perfect time a lot of the times. I think yes. his, like, out-of-bounds plays are great. I think he's really kind of, like, the one thing I really liked about what he his did His 3-2 against... zone in the Lakers was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, I loved what he did with the Lakers because the Lakers were really like overwhelming the Raptors with just brute force because they're such yeah. a huge team. They're like maybe maybe Philly's bigger, but if not them, then the Lakers are the biggest team in the league. The and Lakers so he, are huge. It's and crazy. so he, he just put out like all these huge guys, you know, like he was he even dusted off Stanley Johnson for a couple minutes to just like attack yeah. them with like size amongst every single position. It was really like interesting and cool. I liked it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a great point. And I mean, obviously he kind of showed out his, 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 uh, his box and one in, in the finals, but that was a trend all throughout the year. Last year was, uh, coaches kind of busting out these unique and interesting zones at different times because it was kind of like a response to the, the motion golden state warriors. And then also, you know, if, if you weren't in an ISO ball scenario, all these teams are kind of jacking threes that the whole league is kind of having to flash the odd zone just to kind of, you know, break teams offense down every once in a while. What what I'm going to say about Nick nurse though, is that I feel like I've had a lot of natural doubt um, with Nick. uh, And, and I think that it's always wonderful to see coaches in a bunch of different scenarios. You know, that's one of the reasons that uh, Eric Spolstra is is always in my top top list of coaches because he's he's excelled at the highest levels with the best players. He's also gotten a ton out of like okay players, and then now you see his his team's still not very good. But he, he you know he got a Jimmy Butler an alpha an alpha kind of guy, and and the Heat looked incredible. And I think that it was too, it was too hard to tell from FIBA, right? Because the, the talent drop off was immense and it was kind of such a on, it was such a unraveling joke of a summer for team Canada. It was kind of interesting that like Boucher's carved out a spot with the Raptors because nurse was pissed at Boucher for uh, dropping out of team Canada. 
Like oh, there yeah. was like legitimate, like major problems between the two of them. Well, I think when they sold Nurse on the job, they weren't like, hey, so <laughs> everyone's slowly going to leave and you're going to look like a fool. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that what you want to do in your summer after like one of the most like grueling years yes. of your entire life? Yeah. But um, that is what he did. And but no, but uh, just just kind of to his credit, I think that I'm I'm all, I'm here for all of the running our players into the ground criticism. That's my biggest criticism of uh, Mike D'Antoni as well. Uh, you know, it's 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 playing for you know, the race and not the marathon. And what's so special about what the Raptors did last year, you know, it's partially imposed by Kawhi and partially a holdover from, you know, the, the, the insane depth of the 59 win team and then the bench mob and all that. But, you know, he really experimented and tried a lot. And this season, I think he wanted to get a couple wins under his belt and he did. And I think that the injuries that have happened are not, you know, really in relation to being overworked but um and, and anyways that it's funny I, I i i my only goal is to say something nice about nurse and i've like stumbled into a criticism so sorry he everybody. does great in that mcdonald's commercial you know Holy oh yeah he's like he's such a top-notch commercial actor <laughs> he Lock doesn't look in. like an nba head coach but he looks perfect as a mcdonald's manager you know? yeah <laughs> that's pretty good okay oh, okay sorry here's my here's my nick nurse nice thing he has been crazy good in in a bunch of different scenarios in the course of like four or five months. I'm just all on board with Nick. I was even criticizing him being tough on Stanley and Rondé. And clearly I am super duper wrong because Rondé was hella motivated to come in and just crush it. And And yeah, the big lineup with Boucher. Nurse is really... He's good. He seems to be good with with players and with tactics, and he just seems like a brilliant coach, honestly. Okay, Catherine. <laughs> Sorry, uh, where do I start? First of all, uh, Nick Nurse is very hot, both as a coach <laughs> and a McDonald's man. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Uh, does it for me in either outfit, frankly. <laughs> so there's one nice thing. <laughs> two, two of the sexiest uniforms in all of uh, humanity, really. <laughs> yeah, both involve a collared shirt. There you go. <laughs> um, I think, like, in terms of like uh, him running players into the ground, like, in all fairness, like last night's game was against the Clippers. It's against Kawhi Leonard. There's yeah. a lot of eyes on that game, and I think even the players themselves really wanted to win that game. So I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. going to be mad at that. But I think if he keeps pushing them going forward, then obviously it will become a problem whether he decides it is in advance or not. Like it's just, it's like a matter of science basically. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes against Portland and you know, everything after that. But, and I don't know how long OG's out. We just know he's out the next game. And let's just all kind of talk about um, the the job that the Raptors and Nick Nurse did on Kawhi Leonard. Like, we had Kawhi last year. We oh, saw God. what who Kawhi is and what he can do. What even was that? Nine Kawhi's turnovers? worst game maybe last year for the Raptors was his first game against the Spurs. And that's what I was thinking of watching that oh. game. Like, maybe he just gets, like, kind of shell-shocked by playing his old team. 
Or maybe he's somebody that if you have him on your team, you can scheme against him quite easily. Like, you know his weaknesses. Uh, but that yeah, seems and to not it was, work. It was the same. Sorry, sorry, I just wanted to add that it was the same with Danny Green. Danny Green had zero oh, yeah. points oh, against yeah. us, against the Lakers. And it was the same when he was with us and faced San Antonio. Mm. Oh, okay. There's there's some well, – what is this? Is like This is some weird alternate, you know, version of – like it gets in the same universe as the Ewing theory, but it's kind of like <laughs> – Yeah, maybe know? Alex McKecky – McKechnie gets like uh, voodoo dolls or something of players after they leave, and he could just spike them in their <laughs> shooting hand. Or... You know, and, and we should talk about Kawhi a little bit. Did Did anyone have any feelings? You know, watching Kawhi come, I thought it was nice to. I thought his, you know, his post game uh, kind of Clippers comment was really nice, and just how how much he is, you know, tight with the guys uh, off the court and and on the court, and he had such a like wonderful time in Toronto. Like, it was pretty feel goody. I thought. Totally. I mean, like, I to me, it's like, look at what's going on with Kawhi's family, and he just wanted to be near his family, you know. So it's like, yeah. I don't blame the guy for leaving. I can't. How can you? I don't know. He 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 played his heart out when he was with the team, and now he's gone, and I'm happy for him, and uh, it was nice to see him, and I'm glad that he played so badly against the team. <laughs> me too. I am really glad that he played so poorly against us, and there was a, I just he's so good. There was a small part of me that was thinking. Are you doing this on purpose? No, definitely <laughs> not. Yeah. Uh, Doc Rivers, after the game last night, said he, he was very dismissive about the Raptors' effort, and he huh. praised uh, Kawhi's uh, performance as almost a triple double, which it technically is, but it's yeah. we know it's not the game he normally has. It's and... almost like a quadruple double if you count his turnovers, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh." Uh, oh, they're just gonna trap him all game. Okay, and it's like, all right, let's <laughs> let you fine. You pretend that that didn't work, and now watch the rest of the league do that against Kawhi every game now. Now that they saw what works, my my biggest that'll work my, until they get Paul George back though, because that might not be as good a strategy once uh, you got George out there. Right, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, or or it's kind of like, hey. Kawhi's still a better scorer than George. You would still rather someone else score than him. I don't know. I guess it depends how deadly George is and how quickly he kind of can like explode. He's coming back though. I think uh, on Thursday against the Pelicans, if I'm not mistaken. So that should be, you know, fairly required viewing for all for all NBA fans because this is, you know, this is a team that has a lot going for it. And this is kind of like its final piece, you know, unless they make a trade or something like that. So it's, it's kind of like the, their full iteration. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how good they can be. I mean, I'll tell you what, watching this game, um, this last game against them, I am absolutely not scared because they can add Paul George and we'll add OG Kyle and Serge. Yeah. So I think the Raptors are just a contender is what's going on. Um, and yeah, what, still, did the, what did the Clippers shoot from three in that game, though? It, it was I like, think it was eight for 35. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty bad. You know, that's probably not going to happen every time. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of – it's it's one of those things like you just got to play who's out in front of you. And, I mean, I guess if we have Boucher, uh, is anyone ever going to shoot well against us again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? I, I guess but, like – I. 
I guess like oh, they were missing a lot of wide open threes, and I'm just curious if you have George out there, like how many of those are going to go down? You know what I mean? No, yeah, for sure. I'm, I I definitely do not want to get trapped on the side of like arguing that the Clippers will somehow not be better with George. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, like if we're just thinking about last night, you know, we're one of the most injury riddled teams in the league uh, on a second night of a back to back where we beat the best team in the league. Um, and we, you know, uh, made Kawhi play his worst game all season and took them to the last two minutes on their court after they had three days rest. So, I mean, pretty impressive play. And if you're a Raptor fan, so far there's no team in the NBA that you should be even remotely scared of, I don't think. <laughs> remotely scared of. You respect everybody. But. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. I have a feeling that uh, neither team uh, scouted us seriously. That's just a hunch I have. I have no proof of that. But I, especially the Lakers, like maybe the Clippers more after they saw we beat the Lakers. But I don't think the Lakers even looked at anyone on our team beyond the starting lineup. Totally. Uh, in their scouting reports. And how I, do you scout a team yeah. that doesn't exist? You know, this team never really played together beforehand, yep. you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I'm pretty I, I'm, sure I'm hoping... like Frank Vogel was like on the bench. He just like didn't even know Chris Boucher's name. Like he just <laughs> didn't even know his name. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going at with my question of like adrenaline wearing off because like who remembers the three weeks where everyone was like, the Wizards are better without John Wall. Yeah. And then immediately it was like, obviously not. John Wall's incredible and Sadaransky is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I think that's that's kind of a thing that happens in the NBA. And when people get to scout, you know, Boucher and scout Terrence Davis and scout Rondé. Well, I mean Rondé's existed for a while, but um okay, before before we move on, um actually wait, no. Uh, I was I was gonna ask you guys if you had any more Raptor things before we move on. Um, no, no, uh, you know, Matt Thomas, are we going to talk about him quickly or? We, oh yeah. We okay. Let's give Matt Thomas some love. Okay. I'm giddy when this guy's on the court <laughs> and I'm not trying to mock him. I just think it's always going to go in. I think like, he could win the three point contest. I think oh, like I look at him on the court fair. and he's, he's bad defensively and he's so small, but like his release is one of the best releases I've ever seen. It looks so good. He makes Jason Capono look like shit. Whoa! Like, <laughs> he could never, ever fear Jason Capono in his life. He wouldn't remotely fear Jason Capono in any way. No, it's like, I, I think what's awesome about Matt Thomas is he can also move the ball. And, you know, there's a couple times, like, it looks oh, weird, yeah. but he can pump fake and kind of, like, move Have in from the line. Have any of us ever seen Jason Capono dribble? <laughs> <laughs> we never seen that. Nah, oh, yeah. Matt. I don't think so. I like calling Matt Thomas the hitman, uh, like Bret Hart, uh, <laughs> even though there's nothing really like him. But like when he hits a shot, he screams, the hitman. I get a lot of joy out of that. No, and I know this won't catch on, but trust me, if you try it at home, it'll feel good. Folks, I, I like listen it. to McCready. I'm going to do that for now on because uh, I often watch the games by myself, and that's funny. <laughs> Uh, so I, I'm I have, say it, man. I have another one. Okay. Uh, you know, um, Raptors assistant, uh, Nate, is it Bjork, Bjorgren? Is that how you Nate, say his name? Nate Bjork. Yeah, I think it's Nate Bjorkren. I, I, I want to call him the business. <laughs> Ooh. 
I'm in favor of almost anyone getting the nickname The Business. So By I'm... the way, I've, because I've never... he's all business. I mean, Catherine... when everyone was hugging Nick Nurse when he finally won that coach's challenge, like he was the only one still trying to be in the game. <laughs> Catherine, I'm I'm not going to agree with you. I'm going to go even further and say that Nate looks like full business because he kind of looks like the, I've never played the game, but that like that video game Hitman. It's like, it's, it's a game where you, I guess, kill people as a Hitman. Anyways, that guy looks like Nate. That's what I'm trying to say. I have to Google this. Um, Not to be confused with Matt saying Hitman for when Matt Thomas hits threes. Although that is pretty confusing. Um, okay, let's let's totally. move on to some. Yeah, it's pretty fairly confusing. Sorry, everybody. Let's uh, let's move on to some NBA stuff. Oh my God! Sorry, I just googled it. Yeah, 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 definitely. They what? Look like he looks they like Hitman, look right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, like, because he definitely doesn't look like Mr. Clean. Like, he looks like way sexier. Um, <laughs> okay. Way Matt. sexier, Mr. Clean. <laughs> You better believe it. Matt Duncan, if you're still there, um, <laughs> would you give me my NBA sting? perfect <laughs> if you didn't enjoy you know kind of us rambling about basketball and a bunch of side tangents i do hope you enjoyed matt's <laughs> terrifying sound effects <laughs> that are basically like just layered kind of like kusama infinity mirror inside <laughs> jokes but like sound effects Sometimes I'd like to imagine what dubstep would sound like to someone who was born in 1850, and I think it's something like that. Uh, uh, Matt, I feel like you walk around the city just like hearing subsonic sounds and recording them for our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Thanks, man. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's let's play a game I made up. which, you know, isn't very clear. Classic <laughs> Freddy style. <laughs> Classic Freddy style. Yeah, pretty on brand. <laughs> so Mary Fuck Kill, everyone knows that famous game. And I'm sure you also know the famous game, Dunk Pass Turnover. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't, Dunk is like, <laughs> I guess, fuck? Um, okay, listen, it runs out real quick because it, it just pass and turnover are both kind of not great as, as McCready let me know. But, uh, what I'm going for here is, uh, I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to give these two, three teams and they have to tell me if, uh, you know, the three teams that are all a little bit of a surprise in a different way. And, uh, they're the Mavericks, uh, the Timberwolves and the Suns and Catherine McCready. I want to know. Who you think is going to be even better uh, than they are now at the end of the season? Who's going to kind of hang out at the same spot? And then who is going to, like, who's the pretender of the three? You know, and, and obviously the answer might be that they're all pretenders or whatever, but play the game, okay? Um, McCready, I'm going to start with you. Cool, cool, cool. I think they might all be um, doing better than how they'll do at the end. 
but if I had to rank them, I would put um, Dallas in the dunk seat. Maybe I'm thinking either Dallas or Mini. I, I, I'm worried about Dallas and uh, Porzingis. Porzingis always seems to fall off uh, within like the first three or four months of the season. He's actually not starting super great. Um, right. But uh, they have a lot of depth, so I'm kind of going with them a little bit. I also think that like DeLon's been underrated his whole career. I think mm-hmm. Seth Curry's been very underrated his, his whole career. I think uh, uh, I think uh, Portland's missing Seth Curry a lot. Um yeah, and I, I think like Mini, I'm worried. Uh, Covington seems to get injured a lot. And I don't know how great their depth is, and I guess I'll put Phoenix in the turnover, even though I kind of like, I don't know. I kind of like think about all those teams in kind of the same little boat. You know, it's hard to say. So I guess I'll put them in the turnover, although I don't feel great about it, just because I like a lot of their players. Fair. Um, uh, I'll uh, I'll throw my opinions out here, and then then I'll, I'll go to you, Catherine. Um, so I'm going to do, I'm going to actually pick the Timberwolves as the dunk team. I think that, I think that Towns is, is just very, very for real. And he's absolutely one of the best players in the NBA. And I think that the surrounding parts are going going to be okay enough. Um, Wiggins is going to become, you know, quietly less of a joke, but still not very good, (laughs) but like, okay. Um, you know, Robert Covington, I think, is really helping them, um, and it seems like they have a good chemistry with uh, with uh, Ryan Saunders. And then my kind of like hangout at the same spot team is Dallas. I feel like uh, you know Doncic will will kind of uh, continue kind of just being awesome on offense, and they'll be a pretty solid offensive team. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you on Porzingis. I think that not only has he struggled a little bit, he is not really the reason that Dallas is, like, doing well. Like, he kind of is still pretty good, but I think it's, yeah, it's a Carlisle and kind of some of their parts and, and Doncic's offense thing. Although I do think they're a bit too reliant on Doncic. And I think... I, I love I, I it when expect, they play... Oh, sorry. Oh, so I was going to say, I would expect him... Um, you know, in the same way that we expect Fred and Pascal to get tired, I would definitely expect Doncic to to get more tired as the season goes along. I think he doesn't have enough help. Um, totally, for, for, he does seem to get better right? though as time goes on. You know, like Doncic. Oh my God! Like he, it seems like he just like month by month he shows improvement. So I'm curious whether that's going to continue or not. But I, what I was originally going to say is I really love it when Dallas plays uh, Boban and uh, Porzingis together, just because it's just the tallest team, the tallest front court I've ever seen in the NBA. Yeah, and. I was I was gonna like jump on that point when when we were talking about the we were talking about the Lakers and Philly, but I, I made the prediction in the off season and I think I think it's right. Uh, I think you know Big Ball isn't back, but there are no teams that have five spacers. There are no Golden State teams, so more of Big Ball's back and more Bully Ball is back. I just think it looks different, but lots of teams are throwing out just giants. Um, yeah. And, I think it's uh, it's it's pretty fun to watch. Okay, Catherine, um, what do you think of these uh, these three teams? Uh, um, I already forgot how the terms work in the game. <laughs> yeah, that's very very fair because the dunk game's... turnover technical foul. I think is what they are. <laughs> um, okay, so dunk team as in uh, team I think will improve. 
uh, is Minnesota. Uh, I also think, uh, uh, <laughs> wow, cat. Uh, I had a brain fart there for a second, uh, is the real deal. And also, like, in the last 24 hours, people have been talking about how Wiggins has gotten better. So, like, maybe... Uh, maybe that's not just one game. Hopefully, as a Canadian, I'm really rooting for him and hoping that's not just one good Wiggins game, but hopefully more. Um, my right. uh, team that I think will stay the same is uh, what? What is that? A is that a turnover? <laughs> What's that? Uh, uh, the, the same team is a pass team. Oh, that's a pass. Okay, so my pass team is uh, Phoenix. Uh, just by default. <laughs> Which player on Phoenix has surprised you the most this season? I don't know more than one player. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, sorry for just putting you on the spot so much. Later. No, that's why I said by default, because I'm like, they haven't really uh, given me a reason to think that they're going to be more than what they are, because they haven't mm -hmm. uh, popped into my uh, peripheral uh, by being good. Yeah. And uh, my team that I think will get worse is uh, is Dallas. So mm. basically, Kristaps... Hmm. We all had different ones. Yeah. So, I mean, it's early in the season, so there's that. And I also don't know nothing about Phoenix, so there's also that. <laughs> don't know nothing like... about Phoenix is, is a wonderful <laughs> phrase that, like, like, that like Arizonians should all yeah. embrace. Yeah, quote me. <laughs> Also, okay, so like Kristaps Porzingis has had a couple really bad games, like the last one against uh, the Celtics. A friend of mine was messaging me this because he's in his uh, fantasy league, and then I Googled it. But he was like one for 11 against the Celtics Ooh. and uh, scored four points. And uh, it's like, I, I mean, that's just one game. But I also, he just has like a history of kind of dropping off, like you said, and low key, like low key. Like, I know how, uh, how like, when the Knicks traded him, it was all like, oh, well, we know, like, he didn't want to stay, blah, blah. But I also think they were like, we don't want to invest in this guy even if he changes his mind. Like, he's not worth, like, a max contract. Right, like, they don't yeah. trust his body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I was just listening to, I didn't finish it, but I was just listening to uh, Rick Carlisle on the Low Post, and he was kind of talking about... He wasn't being super kind or complimentary about um, Porzingis. Uh, I mean, he didn't go out of his way to be like, oh, yeah, it's, everything's working great, um, which coaches uh, usually do, I find. But he kind of talked about how because of the timing of Porzingis's injury and how New York handled it, mm -hmm. he actually went about 18 months without any like on-court action which generally never happens for a player in their career. And Carlisle was saying just that, that he's never seen anything like that. Um, so that's kind of, if you think about someone's like the arc of their whole career, that's probably pretty bad, right? Totally. Uh, he's like, one thing that I think gets overlooked with Porzingis is what he's like one of the, I don't know, maybe top 10 best rim protectors in the league, which I'm sure has helped their defense a lot. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily show up on the box score. That's all. Right. That's fair. I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, like, like, obviously taking so much time off, like, uh, like, I'm sure there's just, like, a lot of rust, you know? Like, mental. 
Yeah, and and can we just like, I mean, everyone knows, everyone here knows I hate Boston, but can we just like <laughs> pour one out for Gordon Hayward? Like, I that's, I I know it's just a hand injury and it's not like a structural thing, but I was like pretty. I'm not happy that Boston's doing well, um, but they are doing well, and I'm not going to deny it. And and they also look pretty good, I think. But 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 hey, like Hayward having, I feel like they look you know, much better than the Raptors. No, I just said that to kill you, Freddie. That's all. Oh, that did kill me. I almost, I almost came firing back, but at the same time, I'm like, listen, I don't want to be a hardcore homer. Like the Celtics do look good. Their net rating's good. Everything kind of checks out. Like they're looking, you know, pretty decent. I feel like. No, no, we know um, your triggers. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Freddie, yeah. did you know that uh, Dwayne Casey's a bad coach? Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I have pretty <laughs> obvious triggers by this point. Um, hey, Freddie, hey, did you know that hockey is better than basketball in general? Oh, okay. Let's literally go to Gabby's and sort this out with our kids. <laughs> Shout uh, out to Gabby's worst food in the world. <laughs> um Shout out to Boston, famous for pizza. That's why we got Boston pizza here in Ontario. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I like doing um I like I like doing narrative stuff. Um Catherine uh actually uh, I feel like I, I keep throwing to you first. So uh let me let me go uh, to you McCready. What's the worst narrative so far? It it, it could be one that was never true and kind of continues or one that's starting like just go go whatever way you want with it. Totally. I don't um, follow narratives as much as you, Freddie. I feel like your following of narratives brings you a lot of basketball despair. And I encourage you to avoid the narratives as much as possible, just for your own sense of well-being. That oh my means, God, that's a good advice. Honestly, man, like so, I, I, I think the reason me and you feud so much is because you come so hard against narratives I've never heard of before. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Yeah. I'm, I'm like, like, you're I'm insane, like, Freddie. <laughs> I'm like turning you into like all of the people I want to like dress down at the ringer and like Ben Gulliver and like Kevin Arnovitz. Oh, like, totally. Me and you are going to be fighting in an alley and you're going to, and I'm just going to be like, it's me and you, Arnovitz. And you're going to be like, whoa, I'm not Arnovitz. <laughs> um, yeah, I only listen to, like, computers about basketball mostly, like um, Danny LaRue and, like, Duncan and Hollinger and stuff. Um, so I, like, uh, I don't, like, uh, uh, hear the narrative stuff. I guess maybe the narrative that kind of bugged me so much is how, like, um, the whole Hong Kong thing just went away um, pretty quickly. And no players really stood up for it, which is I found kind of surprising. Like, Shaq? was like maybe the most outspoken person about this. And I guess like, you know, everyone's trying to look out for their interests in China and everything. And I understand like, you know, being self-preserved. But when you're like playing a sport, you're kind of like, I don't know, like like no one's going to like fire, you know, Kyle Lowry or anyone like that for speaking out on this situation because they're valuable in terms of their encore performance. So I was just like, I don't know, I was kind of like, I wish there was a little bit more support there. That's all. I think that's very fair. Um, I Sorry for going a... for a less fun answer. I could just say like no. a, a more fun one, like Mike Woodson's beard, maybe. Like I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a big narrative. See, see, now you're in my wheelhouse. That's pissing me <laughs> off, man. No, no, no. But it's it, it's a good point, and I think you know it's it's kind of frustrating when when something like that kind of fades away, clearly unresolved. Mm -hmm. um, I felt that way about the Luke Walton scenario um, early in the summer where, I, I, you know, it's sorry, that's not gone. 
but there's this kind of like, oh, we got to keep going with the basketball. And it's like, well, sure. But also don't stop figuring out the thing. Totally. Um, and Luke Walton was named like, if, if the franchise were reversed and Luke Walton was named Raptors head coach, I would not be a Raptors fan that season. I would not be a fan of the team until that guy was gone, you know? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, and for I guess the listeners who don't know this, Luke Walton is involved in a lot uh, in a sexual harassment suit from his days with the Lakers. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, disappointing and dis- and also like he's just he hasn't proven himself to be a good coach either. You know, like he's just like I don't know. It's just I'm I'm really glad that Sacramento's struggling so much this season. I'm not happy about <laughs> Fox's injury, but man, there's few teams in the league that I'm more happy that are doing badly than Luke Walton's Sacramento Kings. Fair. And, and and just back to your kind of, you know, no players being super outspoken. I think it's kind of this, uh, this odd time where, you know, player power is, is such a big kind of talking point, but the reality, there's a narrative I hate (laughs) player empowerment. Like it's something new. I mean, I think it's less true. Um, than anyone thinks it is. I mean, I just listened to the whole Ramona Shelbourne, uh, you know, Sterling affairs and the idea that the Clippers, like, you know, lots of NBA players were frustrated that the Clippers played that game. And I don't really think that I understood the pressure that the players on the Clippers were under at that time from everyone. And I think... Mm -hmm. That's kind of the scenario here. So they they threw out their their player ambassador, LeBron. All the owners hid behind him. All the players kind of mm. hid behind him. And he made that statement, which is just so not good about about Maury. So it kind of left this whole situation in this in this gross place. And I think also China wants this to go away because it further drew attention to the Hong Kong uh, the Hong Kong protests. And on top of that. Um, it's bad for business for China. Like just from if a China never point. brought up this tweet from Daryl Morey, like who, like how much more attention do they call to this problem otherwise, you know, than if they just In, let that slide. Infinite, infinitely more attention. Okay. Um, Catherine, what's your, what's your worst narrative? Wow. I mean, there's just so much to uh, unpack with what was just said. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You know what? You don't have to change the subject if no, you want to hop it's in. Not. It's just like, it, it, I feel like sports is like a place where like nobody involved wants anyone to be political ever because mm-hmm. then it mm-hmm. breaks up the idea or the facade that this yeah. is like a thing that brings people together and this is like one of the last frontiers where like people sort of leave their political ideals aside and just like root for a team. You know, like there's just so totally. much political within sports that like you could get into that people just don't because there's too much money being made. Uh, and there's no pressure on anyone to have like a strong political stance. Like there's no pressure on Shaq to have a real stance on like this Daryl Morey tweet. Like, and I believe ESPN was specifically told not to address it. Yeah. Like it was places like the ringer that were covering it more than anyone. Mm hmm. So I, I don't know. It's like we could have a, like a whole bonus episode about uh, sports and politics. Totally. Yeah. Um, 
do you okay now to actually change the subject okay, do you have yeah, a, a so, narrative so narrative i don't know if this is like a narrative or if i only heard it in one place and got a little fumed you know <laughs> okay yeah but i mean that's that, probably uh, i think uh so basically the narrative is is that Kawhi uh left the raptors and joined a better team mm-hmm. oh freddie has a lot to say so about this narrative I do. I, I mean, I've, I very much disagree with it. I feel like uh, we also have direct evidence that that's not true from last night. But, uh, but yeah, yeah so, 100%. I think yeah, it's just I mean, because it's like once again, like I just feel like in this last week, there's been such major classic examples of how little America is watching the Raptors. And we've touched on it a bit in this episode already when – like I talked about like the Lakers and the Clippers not even scouting for our team or like now like load management is like this big issue and like nobody gave a shit last year when we were yeah. doing it. They were just like, oh, that's interesting. And now everybody has this like strong stance and it's like literally the exact same thing. Just like nobody is watching us. And I feel like I, I mean I think it used to bother me more, but now I'm like, yeah, good. Don't, don't watch us. We'll just, we'll just beat you. Like, that's fine. Just to be to fair, to... you just kind of did the exact same thing you're accusing them doing to the Raptors, to the Phoenix Suns about five minutes ago. Yeah, fair. But I just Googled uh, the Phoenix Suns and I only know uh, Devin Booker and uh, Ricky Rubio, who I have no idea was playing for the Suns now. He's killing it. Literally don't know any of these other Wait, and just to, just to confirm your point, Catherine, when I was watching the Lakers game and we kind of started taking over, the, uh, the commentator said, um, you know, this is a team, they're more than just Kawhi. You know, guys like Terrence Davis, Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson, they won a championship with the Raptors last year. And he actually said that. And I was like, oh, man, that kind of sucks that you, you really don't know that they're new additions to the team. Right. And you think that they you wanted... specifically said two of the only players you could have possibly said in this situation yeah. had been wrong. Because they were playing at the time. And I think it just like seemed like a flow, like an ebb and flow thing that he wanted to do. I mean, they also really, really messed up uh, the pronunciation of, uh, of Scoriolo who I think I just messed up and Nate Bjorken, which is also pretty hard, but the, uh, uh, I don't fault them for that. I don't know. Okay, we but, can't know how to pronounce but it's it. Not, you know? But it's not, we don't, it's not like what we do for like a living. And it's like the only thing we do. You and, know? and you got to listen, go, if you have league pass, go back for Nate's name. They give up halfway through <laughs> the guy goes, Nate Bjorken. Oh man! Sorry. Okay, I will watch one. Sorry, he doesn't do that. But. I will watch one Phoenix Suns game, so I'm not a complete hypocrite. <laughs> okay, here is this. Is it, will this happen when the Raptors play Phoenix? Whenever yeah, the next game yeah, is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, to to go back to the the to, to super quick to go back to the initial statement sure. of like, um, is the Raptors roster or the Clippers roster stronger? I do want to see what they look like when they have Paul George, because I mean, Paul George was yeah. third place in MVP voting last year. To like, he's a huge part of what they're going to be doing no doubt he's 28 he's in his prime uh, i know he's coming off of two shoulder surgeries but like historically shoulder surgeries haven't impacted players really right. coming back from so i don't let's wait and see in my opinion yeah i'm a, i'm a bit honestly like a, even though i talk about you know this team's a contender that team's not a contender i really do think the best thing to do for this year 
is to kind of have a wait and see approach on the league. Uh, I think we're not going to know too much until about 30 games in because I think the Clippers, you know, I want to see them with George and Kawhi for like a month. Um, I want to see if the Rockets are just going to get better and better and better and better from here or what, you know what I mean? Um, And and then kind of like what injuries take place. But are, are you two ready for my narrative? Yeah. Oh, I, I okay, was just so, gonna, oh wait, sorry. I just wanted to, to sure. very quickly preface with saying that I know uh, my uh, take is a Homer, uh, very biased take. <laughs> but also I just like, Paul George is obviously going to do a lot for the Clippers, but I don't think he's going to do more for the Clippers than Kyle Lowry, Sergi Baca, and OG and OB do uh, for us. And I'm going to stay a Homer and watch one Phoenix Suns game. Thank you. I like it. Okay. That is completely fair. I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> so here, here's my, I don't think really necessary take, but I'm going to throw it down. <laughs> I've, I've just been hearing it my whole life, and I, and I feel like it's probably the easy answer maybe is that it's like a weird racial like slightly racist thing um, that doesn't make sense, but it's this idea that basketball players are bad fighters. Um, And not that I'm like, yeah, I love fighting, but when the Embiid uh, and Towns fight happened, my Twitter feed was filled with like how Chara could beat them up. (laughs) And it was so weird. It's such a weird false obvious thing that this idea that like basketball players are weak or like not good at fighting because right. in another sport they're allowed to fight while they're on skates. Uh, Matt Duncan, I know you're, you're a hardcore hockey fan, so I'm sure you see this take a lot, right? Yeah. And the idea that, that any like, you know, maybe some specialist type of like, like Ong back style fighter in the NHL could beat up Embiid, but like probably not. You know Ong back I mean? style like, fighter. You know the classic <laughs> NHL archetype of Ong back. But you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like maybe there's a guy out there where it's like, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Embiid can beat up everyone, but Mitch Marner is actually like Ong back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that... come on, no one can beat up Mitch. Embiid. Did you see those punches he threw after the fight? Yeah, they were great. It was like shadow boxing thing. <laughs> the shadow boxing? Sorry. Um, but yeah, that's just my, you know, I've been hearing that my whole life that that basketball players could are, 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 are weak. And it's like they're in a game where if they ever fight, the consequences are so massive. Um, and that, that also has a whole racial history about how people don't really like seeing people of color fight on TV. And it's, they don't get that pass. And and so, also like it's like if you if you punch someone on skates you have like the the give of a skate behind you in the ice to right. like soften that blow if you like connect on a full punch on the floor like you'll it's devastating like look at Rudy Tomjanovich like yeah. his face exploded thirty years ago when Kermit Washington punched him I don't think there's ever been a punch that's been as devastating in uh, NHL history. I, um, I don't know about that. I also <laughs> encourage anyone, like, you know, just back to your kind of like skate stuff and bounce. I encourage anyone to watch a lacrosse fight because it's absolutely brutal and they're fully standing on their feet, cocking their shoulders back and just destroying each other's faces. If you saw Serge Ibaka and Sidney Crosby in a boxing ring, who do you think <laughs> you would put money on? <laughs> <laughs> 
Right? Like, <laughs> Matt, oh, yeah. Matt, are, oh. We being, are we being sacrilegious here? Am I totally wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I you're definitely picking guys that aren't known to ever fight too. So, I'd say uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I definitely. I, yeah, the, we mentioned Crosby and Marner. Yeah. So, <laughs> so maybe I'm cherry picking a bit here too. Um, okay. Um, I think. I, I don't know I think, Domi. Then do you think Domi could take? Uh, I don't know Shaquille O'Neal in a fight. Like. <laughs> yeah, I think. Or do you so. think I like think... Shaquille O'Neal would just bop him on the top of the head like a like a stump yeah. until he's like through the mat? Like, come on. Okay, I like how cartoonish this is, McCready. Um, that's good stuff. Okay, I well, feel like we, I've I've done my narrative stuff. So, um, do you want to play a game? That's oh. a great narrative, by the way, Freddie. I like that one a lot. Thank you. It's uh it's it's been there for a long time. Um okay, who but 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 okay, you have to say yes. Do you want to play a game? Yeah, what is this? Is it saw? Yeah, it's the start <laughs> of saw. Is that okay, Matt? Wait, am I gonna be alive at the end of this podcast? Everybody is cut there off a your reason foot. why my room is filled with spiders right now? Is this <laughs> Honestly, it's it's a saw thing. You gotta get into it. Um, <laughs> I clearly haven't watched enough Saw. <laughs> no, that's pretty much what he says. Yeah. It's a Saw thing. You got to get into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume he's really nice, like you know, despite everything. Um, okay, so it, here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, I know we're all at home, and um, and you know we have computers, but I ask you to not cheat. Uh, right. It's early in the season, and and I had a look at the the top scorers in the league, and I find it pretty interesting. Um, some new, some old. And uh, I, I want to see if between the two of you, if you could guess the top 10 scorers. Oh, um, no, I, I'm not playing fantasy right now, so I'm screwed, but yeah, I'll try. Top 10 right, scorers, sorry, I, I missed it. Top 10 scorers. Yeah, it's just you two taking turns guessing the top 10 scorers in the league. Um, question, is this like total points or points per game? Let's do let's do points per correct selection. Pardon? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> points per correct. What does that mean? Like so I, every time you select a player that's in the top ten, you get a point. Okay, but I mean, like, are we going with oh. like total points scored by players or points per game by the players for? Oh, top okay. 10? Sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, points per game by the players. Okay, great. Um, should okay. I go first or? Um. Yeah, let's yeah, how, do it. Are we going back and forth or? Uh, let's go back and forth. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you have any suspenseful music. If you don't, that's okay. So suspenseful. Uh... Oh, yeah. Okay. So the NBA okay. is a game played on a hardwood floor. I'm going to have to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's right. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is fourth in scoring at wow, 29.7 points a game. That's insane. That's fourth, but yeah, go on. Um, Catherine. Uh, let's go, uh, James Harden. Correct. James Harden is first. He's currently oh. averaging thirty-seven point three points a game. Oh, wow. oh my god. Um, uh, okay, so I'm gonna. Oh, do I go or or is it Matt? Um. Uh, no, well, Matt, I'm at a, uh, no. <laughs> okay, Matt's not in. McCready, it's you. Um. Okay, I'm going to have to go with Damian Lillard. Correct. Damian Lillard is number two behind James Harden. It's a pretty significant gap. He's 33 points a game. Wow. Whoa. Catherine, no wrong answers yet. Uh, 
Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, correct. Anthony Davis is one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in the league. Ooh. He's averaging 26.6 points a game. Okay. Um, McCready? I'm going to have to go with, oh, he had a he had a rough one against the clip, but I'm going to have to go with my man, Pascal Siakam. Yes. Pascal comes in at number eight. Ooh. He's cur- currently averaging 26.3 points a game. Okay. Catherine's there's only a couple left. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, Kyrie Irving. Yes, oh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, that's a good. We have guess. all all top four now. Kyrie Irving is averaging 30 points on the dot. Um, wow. Okay, the, uh, I'm looking at it. We got one, two, three, four guys left. No wrong answers yet. Oh, I feel like we're gonna get one coming up. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty fe- feeling pretty blank over here. It's going to get hard now, I think. Yeah, I bet there's weird ones. I mean, if you didn't follow Toronto really well, you'd be really thrown by the Siakam selection. Um, <laughs> ooh, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to try it. I'm not, I don't feel great about it. Westbrook? Russell Westbrook is not on there. <laughs> Correct. Okay, Catherine, it's your chance to take the lead. Oh. Um... Okay, here's a risky one. Okay. Uh, what about our old friend uh, Kawhi Leonard? Yes. That was Ooh. my next one. Kawhi Leonard <laughs> is—he's six in scoring at twenty-six point nine points a game. Okay, Matt. There's uh, there's still some still some guys on there. There's three more guys. Ooh. Or, I'm getting, does Curry qualify? Curry does not qualify. Okay, then I won't pick Curry. Um, I'll go with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is also not on the list. Oh my god! Catherine? Son of a. <laughs> there's there's three guys. Uh huh. Three guys left. Okay. Uh, uh, I messed up his name earlier. Let's go with uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Oh. Another Towns, so close. Towns no. is, uh, he's like 14th, it looks like. Oh, okay. Um, That's uh, crazy. McCready, uh, this is, uh, I'll, I'll give you each three, th- three wrong answers. So McCready, this is I, your last chance. But, uh, All right, we talked about him a little earlier. Doncic? Doncic, yes, number five in scoring. Luka Doncic? Luka Doncic is number five. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did I say? Uh, he's he's twenty eight point three uh, points a game. Okay, Catherine, two oh. two, two more dudes left. Okay, um, you have one is, strike. Is it uh, Kemba Walker? Incorrect. That's your second strike. <gasps> okay, McCready, it's back to you. It's two more guys. I feel bad about it, but I'm gonna say. Trey Young. <laughs> wow, Matt, you got it. He's number ten. Ah, wow. uh, uh, yes. Trey Young is twenty-six point three points a game. Um, Catherine, yeah. uh, you, you have one more chance here. Uh, this one's pretty hard. Uh, that that my, my clue is that it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. So uh, actually, here's like- my clue. Damien Stone? Is that what you're meaning? Like, is, so, is it like hard the clue? Yeah, it's it's hard the clue. No, no. Um, 
Think okay. about injuries. I'll say that. Think about injuries. Think about injuries. Yeah, who's had more responsibility because of injuries? Uh, okay, oh, hold, I know on. hold on, hold on. I'm following. Hold on. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. <laughs> uh, Are you? Are you just oh, oh wait, no, no, no. Oh, oh wait, wait. <laughs> Uh, Brandon Ingram. Wow, that is a wonderful guess. Ingram is number twelve. Oh, oh my god! With Ingram, I was like, that was such a smart guess. Oh, that uh, yeah, like uh, when I saw him on the list, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, okay, Matt, you, yeah. you, you one more try here. Or uh, McCready, sorry. I oh, oh, I thought we were done after that. Um, <laughs> if they don't honestly, get it, I'll take the last guess. Stopped thinking altogether. Um, teams in the league. Oh, maybe I'll just go with someone really kind of oh, dumb. Oh, I now I want to guess somebody else. I'm, oh, you I'm, know what? I passed the cap. Yeah, I passed. Okay, <laughs> that's hilarious. We are breaking Catherine? the rules of this game entirely. We've both yeah. guessed the same amount so far. Right? Is it okay? Is it is it Bradley Beal? Beal is number eleven. Oh no. my god. Okay, Matt Duncan. Yeah, uh, I feel like you got to guess. Hit me. This might be nuts, but is it Russell, uh, D'Angelo Russell? It is. Oh. oh! Russell is number eight. He's averaging yeah. 26.3 points a game. Yeah, oh. good for him. I, he's having a fairy tale season. He really <laughs> is, yeah. Okay, um, let's let's do these uh, last quickish questions and, uh, and skedaddle, shall we? Right. That was a lot Sound of fun, Freddie. Good job. Yeah, that was <laughs> yes. a fun one. Fun game, fun game. Okay, Matt, why don't you give me that quickish question sting? Quickish questions. What? Okay. <laughs> I okay. I need to know. I need to know what's the sound effect and what's McCready just being funny. Little family sting. <laughs> Um. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's <laughs> do these really three. Let's do these quickest questions, shall we? Oh shit! <laughs> What's that? That was the Hunger Games cannon. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um. Thanks for firing off a cannon, Matt. Uh, I appreciate that. I guess. <laughs> Uh, but we, we got some quickish questions to get through. Um, you all know how this game works. You just need to answer as fast as you can. And I will try and read the questions as clearly as I can. But oh honestly, no guarantees. <laughs> just make sure. Don't phone a friend. Don't phone okay. a friend. You ready, Matt? Yep. You ready, McCready? Yep. You ready, Catherine? Yep. All right. Okay. Let's start with Catherine. Is Kawhi so afraid of OG, he clawed him on purpose? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Correct answer. McCready, rank best yes. to worst in three-point shooting. J.J. Redick, Kyle Korver, Matt Thomas. Ooh. Um, I've established that Matt Thomas is the best. I think <laughs> yep. that... Um, uh, uh, Redick is most versatile in, in ways he's able to get it off, like off the dribble and stuff. And Corver oh. is the tallest, so he can shoot over the most people. Okay, uh, Matt. Yeah. Are the gra- are the Grammarly adverts on YouTube the most annoying thing on the internet? <laughs> um, 
Answer the question. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that uh, they're up there for sure. But there's got to be something more annoying, right? I've never seen yeah. them. Freddie, have you? Yeah, they're pretty annoying. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm with you, Matt, in that like there's just a lot of annoying things in general. Yeah, it's, that's a, on the internet, so fair enough. But uh, obviously, but, someone's um, irked by them. Whoever asked that, so yeah, it's pretty upset. Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Catherine. Yep. Stanley Johnson hasn't contributed much on the floor up to this point. Mm-hmm. Is it time to move on from him? If so, who should we sign off the trash heap, and why is it Mello? <laughs> um. Is it time to move on from him? Like, uh, do we do we even have that luxury right now? We don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's I don't. Think. Option for next year, so like we have to eat that next year's salary if we do. Yeah, yeah and uh, I, I mean, at this point, I'm all for signing Mello to a ten day. Uh, maybe Americans will actually uh, watch one of our games. <laughs> oh, they signed Mello, but he's like load managing. What the hell? Um, they signed Mello and he's playing point guard? <laughs> yeah. Okay, McCready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, S- Steady Freddy equals All Star 2020. Your thoughts? Um, no, probably not. Um, I don't. I, I love Fred. I, I just don't think he's. Um, I'm, I don't know, who are the guards in the East that would get the, yeah. the slot? You'd probably put Irving in front of him, uh, probably Kemba. Um, I mean, it's but, possible. But I mean, I, a I, forward. If, oh, he's if a Lowry forward. comes back pretty soon, like I'd definitely put Lowry before. I don't know. I mean, I just don't know if he can kind of like finish well enough in the two point range to kind of get, get there, maybe. Right. Yeah. Also, he's like he's more of like a player who's great at winning as opposed to like an all star type of player. It's like I wouldn't get excited about Fred Bibby being in the all star game like I would someone who can kind of do more outrageous athletic things. So I'd, I'd say right. no. Fair. Uh, okay, Matt. Last question. Oh boy. Who would you like to poke in the eye? It can be <laughs> NBA or non NBA. Uh wow. Wow, that's such a vicious thing to do. Um but if I had to pick someone because I heard this um little rumor that jumped up again. I want to poke James Dolan in the eye. Boom. Because oh, like as one. if we have to hear these Maasai rumors again that he's going to take a run at Maasai. Poke him in the eye, sit down, play your guitar. I love how your version of poking someone in the eye is you sit them down. <laughs> That's he good. helps really... them out. They can still play guitar after. Yeah. <laughs> Focus on the music, James. Okay, buddies. I think that's who it would for you the poke? Uh, oh, who would and you would poke, I... Freddie? Uh, that's a good one. Uh, I mean, I gotta poke Doug Ford in the eye, right? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, like that's a good Doug-o? one. Do we like, all uh, poke Don Cherry in the eye? Oh, yeah. Oh, Don his Cherry eyes are probably so gross, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine like, I'd poke poked... Putin in the eye. That would be funny. What if you poked Doug, or sorry, what if you poked uh, Don Cherry in the eye, and his, and then you, that's when you realize that his eyes are grapes? <laughs> okay on that very absurdist weird i think bad joke um let's, let's, let's wrap still, this I, up. I poke him on the in the eye and steal a blazer why not okay <laughs> i like that you're I, wanna, add to the mix. I would love to see Catherine in one of don cherry's dress shirts for sure <laughs> okay uh 
um, Catherine, why, why don't you tell uh, why don't you tell all the listeners where to find you, all that good stuff? Oh, uh, you can find me on the uh, internet at uh, it's me underscore Catherine. Uh, feel free to follow. I spell my name weird, so uh, good luck. <laughs> nice. Are you are you doing any shows or anything uh, coming uh, up that we should go to? Oh yeah, I got some shows. I uh, let me get out of my boss's calendar and look at my own. Uh, <laughs> uh, what am I doing? I'm performing at uh, Absolute next week on Tuesday. That'll be cool. Uh, I'm hosting for a comedian named James Adelman at Comedy Bar uh, next week Saturday on the 23rd. Should be a fun time. Sweet. Wow, what happened? Fred, is Fred gone? Fred? We might have lost Freddie. Should I, I just like, plug my things? Yeah. I was like, wow, give Fred's your, really... Give your, uh, uh, Fred's really stuff mad at my shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm uh, performing with uh, Nate Bjorgen uh, oh, all, like, all week long. Uh, no, I'm uh, uh, a Freddy. Are do- <laughs> the business. Yeah, we're doing uh, some, our taxes, and then we're going to do some comedy. Um, yeah, I uh, I do a weekly show at the Social Capital Theater called Fifteen Dollar Beer Beer Comedy Show. Uh, it's fifteen bucks, and you get two tall cans, and it's a lot of fun. And nice. uh, for the whole family, as long as your whole family are adults. Uh, yep, what, what uh, that's weekday? all. Sorry? What weekday? Oh, I'm sorry. It's Friday nights at 930 at the Social there Capital go. Theater. There you go. Perfect. Um, F- Freddie is uh, hosting this podcast every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's uh, scrambling for his microphone probably as we speak yeah yeah freddie uh remember uh the confederacy of dunks podcast has some hats for sale yeah and uh, with every hat they tell you what you can do with it yeah there you go if you've never heard of hats before uh here are things you can do while wearing a hat <laughs> sign up for their patreon to get the full list <laughs> Oh, Kevin okay. Douse is now a uh, a lawyer, I think. I don't think he's associated <laughs> with the podcast anymore. <laughs> only legally. Yeah, only legally. Their legal representation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for a lawyer, if you're getting a divorce, uh, please call Diamond and Diamond and ask for Kevin Douse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Well, Freddie's gone, so I'll, I'll we'll just cut you loose. We'll just cut you loose at this point. Thanks for doing the pod, guys. All right, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast.